Hi, this is Emily the Songbird, and this I'm so excited because my partner and I, Miguel, are doing a series together, and we are calling it Loving the Sacred Way. And today we are going to do an introduction for that series, and um, it's the introduction is about creating that heart space in your outer home and your inner home. And so we're going to we're going to explore that idea of a sacred space today and how that can be important in relationships. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce Miguel. Hello everyone. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Here with my lovely girlfriend Emily. That was the sound of a kiss. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, we have been in it this this last weekend. I don't and what I mean by in it is we really went through a challenge challenging experience in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So we have in our earlier podcast, we, we talked about how we met and the, the magic of that coming together. And now we've been together for what, a year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. About now. a year and a half. And we've been, we moved in together and we're creating our sacred space, our sacred home together. And so, but now we're learning that that creating that space on the outside is um, it's just as important to create that space from the inside, right? That's right. Every once in a while in a relationship, in its course, there are bumps that arise. And uh, negotiating these bumps is part of any relationship. And having tools are, and tips are really helpful and structures to help us process the process our uh, whatever is happening between us. Exactly. It's nice to have. Yeah, exactly. And so we came up with the analogy, which is space. And we're going to we're going to go deeper into that. So space stands for sacred place to ask and communicate compassionately and to express vulnerability. So I'm going to repeat that. A sacred place to ask and communicate compassionately and express vulnerability. And so through our um, through our talk today, we're going to explore those pieces of, of relationship and how that, how that space can both be created in a home, a physical home, and also in your interior home, in that inner space. Yes. That's right. Quite often, our external space is just a reflection of our internal space. Likewise, our external home be a reflection of our internal home. And so maintaining that internal home, spending time and attention, focus on that home and its development and growth, that's where that's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, definitely. And so the first one is sacred. Why is it what what is sacred? Miguel was asking me what I thought sacred was and and to me the sacred in relationship is absolutely key because oftentimes the battles that go on are battles of the ego and the ego likes to inch out eke out the sacred at every turn. And so that's why, you know, oftentimes we had a, a dynamic where I lashed out 
Um, and that ego, it was that ego, that quick wit, I'm very quick wit, witted, but not all, it doesn't open the heart space. And so what happens is that that ego just goes to battle and the sacred is just sucked out. It just isn't present. And the sacred is what draws you into the relationship to really pay attention and to create some space around it so that you can hear and connect with that intuitive nature of what you have come together to be, which is more than the sum of the, the, of the parts. That's right. And Emily's not just uh, reacting to nothing. She's quite often reacting to something I say or do. <laughs> and usually that is um, something that I've done in a thoughtless way, something without compassion uh, and uh, something without thinking, in fact. Uh, and um, so, yeah, you know, I think what on my side, there might be a commitment to have to be more attentive attentive and to be more conscious be more expressive when i when i when i make my expressions mm -hmm. available to emily mm -hmm. yeah and do you want to to share our our incident or sure if you like so so miguel do you want to to share what you what happened well sure um let's say in general uh i basically made a request that was um, sort of unexpected and uh, uh, was separating. It was that the intention was to, uh, is separating in order to pr protect. Um, I it was sort of like a fear uh, kind of s statement, uh, fear inspired statement. And I and I and I said it with neutrality and I and I said it without inquiring uh, with Emily about. Um, um, just I didn't I didn't give it any context, and so you know, there were a lot of assumptions made, and I and basically it was a miscommunication. Yeah, yeah, and um, so that that happens oftentimes when we don't have space, right? We're running around. We were we were doing so many things. He was on the phone at the time trying to set up a truck because we were getting a, a new bed. And so he wanted to get the truck for the new bed. And I'm vacuuming. We pulled out the old bed and I'm vacuuming. There's dust coming up from the, the vacuuming. So I'm sneezing and he's on the phone and we're, you know, we didn't have space. We were just we were just not able to really be present with one another. That's right. We failed to slow down. We were going so fast that we tripped over ourselves. Yeah. And uh, we ended up thinking in thoughtless, at least I ended up thinking in a thoughtless way and Emily reacted. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Naturally. So apparently, you know, there, there are wounds that we all have, we all carry within uh, each other and uh, they can get triggered. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And one little slice of a, um, of a word, it, it's, it's like it, it lashes open that wound and all of those childhood um, experiences of abandonment, alienation, rejection, shame, they all can just come pouring out. Yeah. Those memories. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and um, so presence, of course, staying in the present is, is really key. And, and so that actually could be another piece 
sacred place and presence, right? Yeah. Um, but but having a place, uh, and and so we're doing a lot of renovating of our our little home space so that it's more in lo- in alignment with what really matters to us, right? That's right. Yeah. So we're creating structure inside of our home, and uh, and so um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, and quite often it involves some slowing down yeah. to, uh, you know, be considerate as we uh, make progress. Yeah. And a place we actually have, we've been going to a, a few different bed, bed and breakfasts in our relationship. And, and there have been these cute little spaces within the spaces. And so we've actually just, just designed a little space with a little two chairs and a little table. I'm going to have some inspirational and sacred quotes there or something hearts, hearts or something like that. But so if you, if we have to have a challenging conversation or an intimate conversation and we really need the other's attention and presence and request that, that we can go into a different space where we're not just doing the everyday mundane. I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up because you focus and, and you're very, very mind oriented a lot of the time and get very logical and very, very focused because that's your work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so we're, we're not necessarily able to sit down and breathe and create an open heart space and really share from a vulnerable place of what's, what's really going on for us, right? In compassionate communication, which I know you and I both have experience with, um, amazing program, but you don't ask for the request before the feelings are really identified, right? And and we don't even express our feelings. And this is what I really need to work on is before I really get in touch with what I feel and and um, and take some responsibility of staying with that fe- those feelings and to give myself compassion um, before even trying to communicate with you about the situ- situation, you know? Yeah. You know, situations are so complex and relationships are so complex. I think we we sort of roll over um, things very quickly and yeah. we just need to slow down a little bit. Yeah. And having a ritual, yes. a practice, yes. or even a space that we've set aside at yes. times, maybe we could schedule something on yes. a weekly basis where we can sit down and talk about how did things go last week? Yes. And we could uh, have conversations and bring up con- old conversations or new ones yeah. and uh, just consider thoughtfully with intention and with a little bit of more awareness um, what's going on with us. Yeah. And I like that word practice. It was even for this acronym, we've been kind of playing with this. We're in the very beginning. This is why it's an introduction, but um, I like sacred practice of asking and communicating compassionately and expressing vulnerability because it does take practice. You know, we're thinking, well, how do you change this? Well, you practice it. How do you learn an instrument? You practice it. And in, in the beginning, it can sound horrible, you know, but, but you practice it and then you kind of step back and, and, and assess and, and celebrate those little wins, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, in our sped up world, it's very easy to make a broad generalization, to make assumptions yeah. and to sort of throw down uh, ideas or plans that are ill-considered. Yeah. Um, it's so much nicer to slow down a little bit. Maybe take the beginner's mind. Maybe 
ask questions yes. first, maybe yes. uh, be have patient inquiry yes. of, around certain subjects yes. and get an idea of what the other person's feelings and needs are. Well, yes. at the same time, exploring your own feelings. And yes, needs. absolutely. Yeah, I like that. That's our next one in the acronym is ASK, right? And mm-hmm. and I talk about that. In fact, I've talked about it in a past podcast about the beginner's mind from the Zen of guitar in terms of showing up for music. But but showing up for music is showing up for life. It's a it's a practice, and you ask, so you assume you really know nothing, right, about mm-hmm. your yourself or the other. I mean, you empty yourself. That's like clearing the clutter out of your home, right? You empty out and then you look at the other. We, we did that exercise. Remember, we just played, we pretended like we just met each other mm-hmm. and we sat and it was so interesting to step back and to not have those assumptions about what you think of the other person. Even when I said, oh, you were focused and you're, you know, and you get, you know, you're more logical. That's an assumption. And that's an assumption that may not serve our relationship, right? And so, but when we, when we sit in that space with that beginner's mind and we ask, that's where the sacred comes in is that you ask and to me that's why this is really important this why this is why loving the sacred way really resonates with me because i think the main reason that that relationships really don't end up lasting i mean there's a time there's a timing for everything but if you don't maintain and create space for that sacred, then oftentimes the ego's voice just gets louder and it just lashes out quicker and quicker, right? Mm-hmm. Then the practice becomes battling back and forth those, you know, harsh um, criticisms and judgments that come up. Sure. You know? Yeah. In fact, uh, I've been a part of many conversations where uh, one person just talks uh, to the other, or they don't talk to each other. They talk uh, sort of over each other. Yeah. And there's no real communication happening. Yeah, exactly. Creating that space, not only to listen to one another, but to listen to the voice of the divine. And when I talk about the voice of divine, it doesn't matter what religion you come from. I like the word love. I like God as love because to me, it's a vibration and it's a it's the highest vibration and that everybody, it's inclusive. Everybody can enter in there, you know? And there are mythologies and I think science is a mythology that we can sit with in that. But love is a, it's, it's, you know, this is an opportunity to, to deepen in this loving relationship, you know, and we were talking about that. There's this concept of the twin flames. And I um, was watching a video yesterday when I was trying to get deeper understanding of this masculine, this divine masculine and feminine. And, and it talked about when you have this twin flame relationship, which I am assuming, I have some sort of assumption that we have this kind of relationship because our coming together, the loving bond that we have is not only for ourselves, but it's about to create consciousness of love on the planet and, and to shift those vibrations, to open those pockets, to to recognize because when we go out to the gym or you know wherever we out on a bike ride or whatever that people can feel the vibration of love that we are emitting you know that's right we are constantly interacting with everything around us on so many levels whether it's gravitationally or (laughs) through uh uh light or or just uh you know 
there are people observing our behavior. Yes. You know, there are direct and indirect ways that we are affecting our society and the whole planet. Yes. And, uh, you know, the closer we are to the vibration of love, that's, that's a way that we can communicate to the world. Yeah. And this, this pandemic, um, I was just reading this book, which, um, has been so profound, the intimate conversation with the divine by Carolyn Mace, but, um, she talks about that this pandemic is really, it's such an opportunity for a shift in consciousness so that we together together in unity can be shifting from a fear model to a model of love and that it's you know i had earlier i had mary on the the podcast if you haven't listened to that one mary zima was wonderful and and her relationship with the cancer in her body was not of being a victim of that but being an observer of that and she was able to raise has been able to raise above the vibration of fear and see it for what it is that you know, no matter if it's illness, disease, addiction, whatever, that if we ask for the sacred, if we ask for that support in our relationship, first and foremost for ourselves, and then in our intimate relationships with others, then there we're able to um, to to open up to that support, and we can follow the signs that guide us into the love that we are here to be and create as opposed to driving us deeper into the darker aspects of fear that come. That's you know? right. This is something that we all play a part in with the perspectives that we adopt. You know, the, the COVID-19 virus particle is just a neutral particle in the world. Exactly. It's like a piece of dust. Yes. And, um, there is no good or bad about it. Yes. It is just a particle that's moving according to the forces of physics. Yes. And really what gives it meaning, what gives it import is just our thinking about the particle. Exactly. Exactly. Our, and, and that's the same thing. When you, you said what you said, when, when, you know, I already attached all this meaning to the words that you said. And I even knew that you didn't you weren't intending to hurt me in any way, shape, or form. I knew that, but I still had attached so much meanings to so much meaning to those words that I was already spun out. And that's what so many people do with disease, with you know, destruction, with tra you know that that it's there's they spin out into models of fear and paranoia without being able to step back and create some space, right? And to ask for that support. We need support in this relationship. We don't have it all worked out, right? That's right. And that's why it's so helpful to sort of know what your values are and get clarity on there on them so that you can act in uh, choiceful ways um, and, um, you know, and act in ways according to your values, yeah. uh, especially when you're with another, especially when you're with others who you love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think that that goes into communicate compassionately, which we've already mentioned, but that um, communicating compassionately is 
is so key, and yet it's so challenging when we're triggered. It is so challenging to communicate compassionately. So I have a harder time doing that than you do. I think you're better at that. So maybe I'll have you speak to that, and then I can respond, and I can maybe learn from that, because I think you do that very well. Thank you. Um, You know, I think we all have weaknesses, sort of blind spots and areas uh, that have sort of been with us since childhood and, you know, these tapes that we play uh, and, and it's easy to get wrapped around these uh, really wounds from uh, our childhood. And uh, it's, it's sometimes they're distracting and they uh, don't allow us to fully understand what's going on with us. And that's, that's only we can, that's something we can only know if we take us a, a step back. Yeah. And, uh, but in the moment, it's not always possible. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's a time when uh, we ideally can sort of, at some point, think ahead about our values and our choices and maybe even rehearse those um, so that they become practices and uh, our behavior is well honed so that when we come into a challenging situation, we can act accordingly. It's interesting that you say you could rehearse those because I think about music, right? And and when I perform music, uh, there are certain times where I would just get up and just spontaneously show up and do that. And uh, sometimes it would work, oftentimes it wouldn't. <laughs> and so, but through practicing the same repertoire over and over and over again, I get to hone in on the nuances, right? And and I, you know, I and I with my speeches in Toastmasters, right? Like when I have a an eight minute time limit or a seven minute time limit, I mean, I would rehearse those speeches over and over and over again to hone in, which was kind of different because oftentimes I'll show up spontaneously in ways. So, but the value of rehearsing those has been so helpful for me. Um, and yet I, I haven't been able to practice and rehearse getting triggered, right? Like I haven't, like if you say something to me, that would be the thing that just cuts me down to my knees, which apparently is what happened to me, right? How can I handle that? And when I was a child, there were comments that were, I was cut down to my knees. In fact, I was, it was so painful that my spirit left my body and I didn't come back the same way. I didn't come back with um, embodying the energy that it left with. There was a, there was a dissipation of some sort, you know, and I, I don't fully even understand it, but, um, I think I, I think and and feel viscerally that there is benefit to what you're saying. And and maybe that's why, you know, my commitment, we were talking about like what would our commitment be to each other? And then we would show up next week and see how we did, right? This accountability piece. And um and and if anybody is experiencing the same kind of challenges, you could you could do a similar thing, but is to breathe deeply and feel my heart space before I open my mouth to say anything. Because I think that those wounds of the childhood are often in there. For me, they're in the masculine because I had a lot of masculine figures 
really talk down to me, really belittle me in ways. And so, but that part of me will just come out and lash out to protect myself, right? So I, I see some value in um, that rehearsal piece of things because I know as a musician that it's been infinitely helpful for me to practice on a daily basis what I'm what I'm trying to express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about our external environment is that we often have very little control about what shows up. But what we do have control of is our attitudes, our minds, our ideas, and our own behavior. And so, um, you know, it's up to us to choose uh, our attitudes and behavior uh, and, and, and choose it in a way that, um, you know, that makes us feel good. Uh, you know, e- even if the world around us is falling apart, and even if we fail from an, I guess, external judgment, from an external perspective, if we just keep a core of choosing behaviors, thoughts, and attitudes that are consistent with our core values, we can um, sort of exit from at that situation um, feeling good about what happened. Well, and I think of what you said, we talked about the foundation, you know, we're using this analogy of the home for relationship, right? And so those, the the foundation of the home space and the relationship, the internal home that we're creating is is the values, is what we really believe to be most important. And and I had this real deep awareness in in the pain that I was experiencing, the, the separation that I was contributing to yesterday of how deeply I value our relationship, mm-hmm. you know, because as deeply as I was hurt is, is, showing me how deeply and and I remember you saying that too how it shows you when we get hurt that what we value right and I value this connection with you um on very many levels that I, I didn't even realize because when there was a threat of that being cut off that there was a there was a very visceral response of how important that is and our connecting is at a very deep level to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think about my own emotional responses is, is giving me information about the things that I value. So if I feel sad, that tells me about something that I value that I've lost. If I feel angry, it tells me uh, something that I value uh, where an injustice perhaps has happened. Um, and, or maybe before I'm fearful, it tells me uh, what I value in terms of what I want to keep safe and protect. And so in a way, all, all the emotions that we have, that spectrum of emotions, they are help. Those emotions are helping us clarify our values. Yes, I, I agree with that. And I also think that for those of us who are like me, who are deeply sensitive, deeply emotional, that it's, I can't switch as quickly to be in the mind with it like that, you know? So I have to sit with the emotions and that's where my, that's where my songwriting and my music comes in, right? Is because I will sit with those emotions at a very deep level and I will be with them 
until I don't need to be with them. And often there's an alchemical process that happens. So for me, I can't, I, I love what you're saying. And I think it really, I can ultimately get to that point. But when I'm really, my emotions are such a guide for me, but they're also can be very overwhelming at times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but when I sit with them and I get guidance from the, 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 the songs that I, that I create um, and I sit with those words of particular words and, and that's where, you know, this idea of loving in the sacred way is that I'm realizing as I sit with the divine every day, if I sit with my in my sacred space every day, that I have such a priority to connect with the divine. And in our relationship, that that is my intuitive connecting with the divine is kind of what guides a lot of what, what how our relationship um, evolves. Do you know what I mean? Because my reactions are, I I think a lot of people, they'll just go through hurting each other and they'll let those little hurts just, you know, they'll build up, right? They'll build, they'll build, they'll build. And then suddenly it's like that game you got that with the one that, what is that thing called? It's a game. uh, Suspend. Suspend, right? You're just putting these different, different, um, what are they? Wires. And, and you have to, it's kind of like a Jenga game. It's like Jenga. Yeah. And then, and, and you have to put these, you have to angle them so perfectly. And if you don't, and you think you have it, the whole thing can topple down, right? And so it's really, um, it's just really about staying attuned and in balance and, and in that whole place within your being to be able to meet the other. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and you know, one of the things that we can't control are our reactions to the world on some limited scale and not, not for everything, but, um, our reactions are things that we can control with enough practice. Yeah. And the final one, um, is to express vulnerability. And that is so key. Uh, and, and I'm noticing our time. I don't know if we're going to end up, if it's going to stop at 30 minutes, this is such a mystery, whether it keeps going or not, but if it stops, we can, um, we can continue on another. So expressing vulnerability is really key and, and opening that heart space and sharing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know that's something I have to work on expressing vulnerability uh, because uh, quite often it's, it's really easy to be um, indirect and over over generalize. And, uh, but that's a form of protection. That's about, that's a Mm -hmm. essentially a wall that goes up. Yeah. So we're both looking at the time now. So, um, so um, this has been so wonderful. I love this conversation. And I think we have a commitment for each for ourselves and each other for next week. So I'm going to breathe deeply and feel my heart space before I speak. Wonderful to be here with you. Thank you, love. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) This is Emily, the songbird signing off and we'll catch you next week on our episode two of loving the sacred way.